Welcome to the special edition of Surviving the Shitstorm with me, Kieran, the boy Bailey speaks. So, you know by now, the concept of this is dead simple. It's to find people who can share ideas, understanding and a little bit of insight and most, most importantly, a good old solid dash of hope because that's what we need. That's what we need right now. And that's what I've done for you today. So I've had a great conversation with Lucy Noon-Blake. Lucy is a brand and comm strategist. She's a real specialist in that area. Uh, she's gonna drop some absolute gold if I'm honest with you. So do me a favor, grab a notepad, grab a pen, and start thinking about being prepared. What's it gonna to take to come next? What has to happen next for you to have just come out of this absolutely swinging? Because the thing that we need to keep in mind at all times during this dreadful time of our life is that the joy of a good storm is even the worst storm will eventually pass. We just need to make sure that when it does pass, we're ready to go. So, welcome to Lucy Noon-Blake. You're gonna enjoy this one. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it a lot. Um, obviously, um, this is a little podcast series called Surviving the Shitstorm, uh, which is a bold title, but it's very much where we find ourselves in right now, I think. We've been looking at a perfect storm for the last 12 months of rates, of rent, um, of customers kind of declining. But I think now we have certainly moved sharply into the shit storm territory. So if you could give us a little 30 second kind of elevator sort of pitch of who you are, what you're about, and it'd be amazing just to tell people who you are. My name is Lucy Noon-Blake. I am based in Manchester. I've kind of grown up in the hospitality industry in one way or another, my parents owned, um, fortunately now, I suppose, owned uh, in the past tense, a, um, a big produce company. We sold fruit and veg and various other things to restaurants and hotels and stadia and all sorts in the Manchester area. Um, I then moved across into restaurants and spent the majority of my career in restaurant business development, marketing, that kind of thing. Um, went freelance when my son was born. And I've been fortunate enough, that was a year and a bit ago, and I've been fortunate enough to sort of arrive at the point until about two weeks ago <laughs> where I had um, a lovely little business going with some fabulous clients and some fantastic clients that I've worked with already that I kind of still on great terms with and pick up little bits and bobs for here and there. Um, I suppose the best way to nutshell what I do is creative business development strategy. So kind of understanding the reasons why perhaps things are not working in the way you want them to or you're not making quite enough money in the areas of the business that you want to and putting a strategy in place that doesn't just uh doesn't just gloss it it kind of works on the very back of the business and goes right the way to the front hopefully gives you a better outcome in the end so it's kind of a bit of everything a bit of comms a bit of ops a bit of a bit of business development an awful lot of hospitality i hope loads of kind of insight I think coming from different areas of my life, really, having grown up in kitchens and carrying boxes of iceberg around since I was knee high to a grasshopper. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, and now I'm here in stuck oh, in the house. We... <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of us, uh, like a lot of us, certainly for, uh, for the foreseeable. So I guess that you would say that you're fundamentally, you're an operator. Uh, it's running through your blood, isn't it, really? It's kind of, it's come well, there from the start, from the retail it... perspective. Yeah, I suppose I'm not in the sense I've never really, well, I was bartender at university, but I've not worked kind of, I've not been a waiter or a bartender for a long time. I worked, the last kind of operational job I really did was, I was reservations manager for the opening and marketing. I kind of took on two roles for the opening of Forksville, Manchester. Um, and since then I've been bobbing around doing various different things, but um, 
but yeah as a as a I take my family business was our whole life I did it until the day they sold it they sold it when I was seven months pregnant and I was I was there that day it runs deep I think that helps when you're uh, as you just described you're kind of you're covering a lot of bases in the way that you work with your clients so I think having that kind of background and understanding goes a very long way so obviously we're in a ridiculous time for the industry right now I think that um Everybody is just trying to kind of get their bearings and see where they sit and how we're going to move forward. And there's obviously kind of a good degree of questions around what that looks like and what good looks like and what success looks like and kind of what the future looks like for us, I guess. What would you, what, what would you say the feeling is like in Manchester at the moment? Well, I've been stuck in the house since Friday. Um, so I can only really go off what I am hearing from friends that I've spoken to. But I think, I think the, the thing that's really amazed me about all of this is the over kind of the overarching positivity and resilience that everybody is showing. There's, there's almost kind of, I think today, I mean, just before we've recorded this, I've just seen Hawksmoor um, publish their intention, which is to close. Um, they're closing the doors for the foreseeable, which I think is a bit of a sea change. Everybody has been kind of saying, no, we're going to stick at this. We're going to stick at it until we have to have to close. And then I think, perhaps they're the first one to come out and say, right, you know, that's where we're at. But what I think was really kind of interesting and really lovely about what they said was, this is our situation. It's not yours. It's not everybody's. Don't judge everybody by this yardstick. Um, and I think the real, the real thing in Manchester has been an overwhelming sense of community positivity. I've never spoken to as many people in this industry other than being sort of in Mojo or Crazy Pedro's or something in one day <laughs> this is the most conversation i think everybody's had it's been for us particularly in manchester particularly um difficult i think because it was due to be nrb today too many critics last night and the nrb tomorrow and it's a really big thing that in manchester everybody's massively invested whether actually or emotionally or kind of it's just a really good fun thing that they do and um, so it's been a bit of a roller coaster in that sense i think everybody feels desperately for tom who who was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. He had no, there was no real way to win there. But I think what they've done is the best thing. They made the right decision. It's postponed. It will happen. What can you do? So. You're absolutely right. He is kind of in that position of being damned if he doesn't, damned if he doesn't. You know, you kind of, you want to go ahead. You want to show that kind of fight. We, will, we want to show that resilience in the place of adversity. But then you have that moment of kind of thinking, uh, does it make sense to bring all these people together? And from, a, a, from our perspective, experience one-on-one, we were due to be in London tomorrow for our fourth event, uh, 120 people. And we just, we, we took a sort of look at it last week and just thought, does it make sense to bring 120 very, uh, very kind of key people in the industry into a room and potentially kind of cause an infection further down the line? And just, yeah. it's, it's really, really hard. There is no getting around it. And that's 120 people. I can't imagine what Tom was going through um with with nrb you know it's kind of yeah. it's a show that's grown into something quite spectacular really hasn't it it's really wonderful is. it's a complete it's a hub for the city it's a hub for the the people who work in this industry in the city in the north people come like we, we now see people coming i mean this is ridiculous but up from london you know like wow people come up from london to something mm -hmm. we're doing we're sort of setting the pace in uh in manchester which is great so but you know it'll happen it'll carry on i don't think i think the, the question now is is less what will happen i think it's more when will it happen i think the real uncertainty is is how long will the restaurants be closed and how long is mm -hmm. it going to be like this and and the government are 
doing what they're doing and I'm sure they're doing the best they can as quickly as they can but nobody can answer that question can they the reality of is it nobody knows and we don't like uncertainty do we we control our environment now and we live in our own very controlled bubbles and and everybody's a bit out of out of the depth I think it's a real challenge when it feels like that um, that control has been taken away from us. I think, um, yeah, I think we're we're in such an unprecedented situation. Anybody who's saying that they know the answers, I think he's lying to themselves, really, aren't they? If I'm honest with you, <laughs> they can't, can they? Unless it's, it's you've some kind of some sort of uh, some sort of insider knowledge on exactly how an unknown virus works, then no. <laughs> It'd be pretty impressive if they did, um, but uh, sadly. Not too many folks out there have this is in Balanza. So you talked about kind of um, the way that Hawksmoor um, delivered that message and the tone of that message. From looking at a situation like this right now, for me, it feels like the messaging is one of the biggest challenges that people will face. Absolutely. How do you define that tone? What's, oh, where do you pitch it? Um, kind of the, the, the urgency, the nervous, the kind of, there's so much to kind of take into consideration, kind of, how would you how would you advise that people go about doing that? I honestly think, and I think this is probably the same thing I've said over and over again in all situations, is say whatever is right for you. Tell the truth. Say what you're going to do. Tell people what you're going to do. Make your decision based on really firm principles. Interrogate every single possible questionable angle of whatever it is you're going to say, and then say it. And then make sure that absolutely everybody in your business knows why you've made that decision. So there's nobody in the business that's going to say, well, I'm not, I don't know, they didn't tell us. You know, everybody needs to know, it needs to have some, it needs to have all of the integrity that you can muster. It needs to be true. It needs to be honest and it needs to be well thought out. You can't make a U-turn once you've said it, or you can, but it might be quite difficult. I think in these times, people are being fairly accepting of unusual messages, but I think the one take home is that if you're honest and you're truthful and you've told your people what it is you're doing and why you're doing it, then you, you have a better chance of being okay. And if you are going to have to just get rid of all your people, tell people how difficult that was and make sure people know that you've made the best possible provision for those people that you can, if that's the case. If you haven't, don't say it. If you weren't able to do that, if you had absolutely no cash in the bank and you were not able to make any provision for those staff, don't say that you were because it will be found out so quickly Undoubtedly, so I was chatting with somebody today, and uh, there's a business um, that's that's based down south, and they've decided to shutter their doors for two weeks, um, and they've made the decision they're going to pay their staff full pay for those two weeks, which is amazing, um, and it's and it's a great thing to do. But it's from speaking to them, it seems driven by the idea that they believe this is going to be done within two weeks. This is going to be over, which is. So either incredibly optimistic or wildly naive that potentially they're going to drive, drive themselves into an issue, I think. Because if you're going to tell people we're going to pay them for two weeks and that two weeks comes the end of it and the problem hasn't resolved in the same way they thought it was perhaps going to, what do they do at that point? Yeah. Well, I think it's a case of not making any assumptions. Doing what you can and don't overpromise. Because at the end of the day, like you say, if two weeks comes to pass and there's no, there's no change or it's got worse and there's no more cash in the bank, then what are you going to do? I think the best thing to do would be to make a plan. Tell people what you're doing. Tell people why you've done it. Be really honest and execute your plan. 
in as, as fair a, a fair and kind of reasonable way as you can. I don't think there's any room at the moment for trying to sort of sell anything. I don't think there's any room at the moment for trying to add any kind of gloss to whatever it is you're doing. As long as I think people will see through that now more than ever. Just a really honest, straightforward response is probably the best way, I think. So fundamentally, now is not the time for sugar coating. Now is the time no, just to be as honest so, as no. we possibly can be, yeah, as upfront think, as we possibly can be. Yeah, and I think this is where the independent businesses, not, and I say this, I mean independent businesses, businesses that are run by people and perhaps not by enormous great big groups of people, mm-hmm. smaller groups of people, might come out a little bit better because they actually have people to talk to the people, if that makes sense. So the message is coming from a person to a person. And chances are, in most circumstances, I imagine the person delivering the message might be affected as well. I don't think anybody's getting away from this um, scot-free. So I think potentially there's uh, there's actually room for the independents to give them perhaps a slightly easier ride in all this, I think. Yes, to be fair, when you have that connection to your people, that close connection, it's easier to kind of to show that sense of empathy and demonstrate that rather than kind of when it's being cascaded down through a, a huge organization. And I think you're right. I think potentially you're going to have that relationship. It's a bit more kind of one-on-one and you can genuinely show that actually, you know what, we're all going to feel this pain together. Um, I was looking at the guys from the uh, Yummy Pub Company uh, on Twitter over the last couple of days and they've put out their kind of uh, their message. It was quite a defiant message, quite a defiant tone, which I quite, uh, I quite enjoyed. But it's also very honest about the fact that you know what, the, the, the three founders, they, they, they stopped getting paid from today. So they won't be taking the salary, which is going to cause them some pain, but they're not they're doing that. So to try and extend the opportunity for their team. Um, so I think being able to share something like that gives a really honest kind of, uh, a really kind of honest sort of summation of kind of the situation. And again, that kind of, you start to then kind of, I guess you get that kind of emotional bank account and, this kind of comes down to leadership. I guess in the past, if you've built up that emotional bank account up and you've got enough credit, at this time, people will start to kind of step back and think, you know what, I'm going to give, this is my time to kind of, to, to give something back. I think you have to do that without an ounce of cynicism. I think you have to, these people who have that emotional kind of credit with their, um, with their readership or their, their base or the people that they want to kind of, the people that they are, you know, sort of, working with on a daily basis they get that for a reason i think now is the time where integrity is going to absolutely shine through and that's nice i think and perhaps it might make some people behave with a little more integrity because this is probably not the last time we're going to have a crisis like this is it i think you know if you look at any of the information from the world health organization they think that this isn't going away i think if anything's going to come of this perhaps it will improve the way people behave i think it will improve the way people operate as a community where we live we live in a sort of a network of small streets and all of a sudden now i'm part of a whatsapp group of people helping out do you need anything can we help you with anything previously we knew our kind of immediate neighbors and nobody else and there's 40 of people in this group and i kind of imagine that once all this is over there'll be some kind of party (laughs) i think yeah (laughs) given the way people are talking and i think within the wider kind of community i don't know if you've seen um, what jonathan downey's been doing he's collated initially collated about I think there was about a hundred people in a WhatsApp group when I was invited to join it. Um, and it was, it was essentially collating all the information that was pertinent to the hospitality industry and keeping it all in one place. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he kept saying invite people invite people anybody you think that might need to comment on this you know might need this kind of information and it grew and grew and grew the next thing so he said right I'll do another group so then there was two and now there's four so I think the maximum in a group is 250 something so you're looking at about a thousand people all in these four whatsapp groups all seeing the same information all passing information through the same person and when this morning came around i was watching um we had various news channels on in the house and i think there were three or four people on three or four different channels each of whom were in this group all delivering the same message because everyone was talking to each other everyone had agreed a message and it was really impressive and that is community and i mean i've looked through the, the people in the in the groups and they they're all over the place the states they're, they're everywhere so he's collecting together people and sort of weaponizing the power of people which is it's incredible really it's an amazing thing i think when you you look at the work that jd is doing on behalf of the industry um it's he's it's been incredible to be fair you know and you, you take a step back i think on a personal level you know street feast obviously announced today that they were going to be closing for the foreseeable future that's a huge thing for him as a as a ceo but to be then, as you say, kind of taking the steps, trying to kind of unify that message and get everybody kind of sharing from the, singing from the same hymn sheet to allow us to ensure that we get that consistency of message within the media, which obviously will then in turn impact the government and their actions, hopefully. Absolutely huge for the industry. Absolutely huge. Yeah. And, but it is. It's, I think the world that we live in, we've redefined what community means and uh, and now it's it's coming into its own. I think it doesn't matter if you're around the corner or on the other side of the world. We have the tools to behave like a community and activate like a community and make change like a community. And I think that is the closest I've ever seen to that in action. And I mean, I think it might have only been about 36 hours or so. It feels like forever. I've been watching this WhatsApp group, but it's, yes. uh, it's not been there long. So I'm, I'm amazed by the resilience of the people that I've kind of spent my life looking towards. And the other thing is, I think the people who are currently recruiting for positions in all the other industries in this world, in the law professions and what else, they have got an influx of the most incredible people coming towards them because we know that a lot of hospitality people lost their jobs today, yesterday, mm -hmm. and the skills are so transferable. So I think there's a message needs to go to all these other industries saying, just open your eyes to the people who are coming towards you because they are so good and they are so well-trained and they have so many skills just because they don't have any skills that you recognize on paper. You wait mm -hmm. till you get them in your office, the way they think, the way they behave, the way they operate is just beyond anything you'll have seen before. I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the, the sort of the talent pool that is about to become available to the, the wider world and the wider industry is that I, just, I don't think they're ready for it, to be honest with you, because no, they're gonna get I think a you're right. Surprise, I think. Yeah, I think they will. And I think, I think one of the things that kind of, you know, obviously in the last two weeks, we've had the whole kind of low-skilled uh, argument that is incredibly frustrating. But these the people within hospitality, as you say, are incredibly well-trained. They're incredibly resilient as, as a nature. You know, it's built within us, to be fair. Um, but they communicate so beautifully well. They empathy. Uh, they have empathy. They're able to build rapport incredibly quickly. They're able to move between task to task without dropping a beat. It is absolutely huge, and it's a big opportunity for the, the the people who are looking up and seeing that opportunity. Yeah. So, what do we think? Um, what do you think is going to help brands kind of get through this crisis? What do you think? What do you think they're going to have to do to just keep pushing through and hopefully? have a uh, have a, have a business on the back end of it 
Well, I can only really comment from my, my end. I think there is a lot to be done in the, with, with regard to communication with your bank, with your finance people, with your, with your landlord, with everybody. I think each of those individual things require a specialist who knows much, much more than I do. But I know that those people are going to have to be spoken to and bargained with and whatever it's going to take. But I really hope that those people will really realise that they have the, the future of an entire industry in their hands, essentially. Um, from a comms perspective, I'm going to go back to what I said before. It's honesty, it's integrity. And I think the other thing is it's just the people before the rent, before the tax, before any of that business, it's the people. There will be people on the payroll who live from paycheck to paycheck. And those people mm -hmm. have got to be considered first. I think that the actual human reality of this is what needs to be considered before anything else. So as a business, I think in terms of lasting impact, if you look after the people who need it most in this situation, that will come home to roost time and time again. I love that. And that is absolutely, couldn't agree with you more, to be honest with you. I think we we have a, a, a nation, an army of people who will work hard for us and who want to do the very best for us and for our guests and make sure they have memorable experiences. Now is our time to step up and try and help them as best we possibly can do. Yeah, but there's, 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 I think there's a you know the real conversation. It doesn't need to be. It's not. It doesn't need to be done in a way that makes them feel like they're being kind of helped. You know, like it, they just need. Mm -hmm. They just do. Their wages are due. Pay their wages. Pay the job pay the check for the rotor that they were supposed to work for the next mm -hmm. God knows how long. I don't know how that happens. I hope the chancellor realizes that there's real people involved in this. From what I saw of the briefing today, it deals with some of the, the larger issues around rates and rent, but it absolutely doesn't deal with that immediate cash flow problem. Um, which is essentially, which is essentially when we say cash flow problem, what we're actually saying is payroll. Well, that's the first challenge, isn't it? I think, that moment when you can't make payroll is the moment that uh, we are technically insolvent, I guess, is the, 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 the extreme kind of end of that scale. So making sure the government having to try and find a way of stepping in and helping, looking at some of the kind of the uh, analysis of the uh, Chancellor's announcement today over on Twitter. And I call some of it analysis from smart, intelligent people. I call some of it just baseless opinion from some folks who really should just shushy and listen a little bit more. Um, but there are some very smart, intelligent people uh, who are seeing signs that within the next couple of days, we're going to hear something more from the Chancellor about being able to help people with their pay packet, with their salaries. And I think, you know, you're looking at kind of what the, um, you're looking at what the French have done, uh, Macron making that bold statement that no business would go bankrupt on the back of coronavirus. And look at the Danes, 75% of salaries paid for the forthcoming future. It's doable. It's achievable. Um, we just, as a country, I think we need to sense it. We need to feel it. And I think that goes back to that consistency of message so that everybody is out there sharing the same, the same song and, and the same kind of idea that we can get that understanding based across. Okay. So I guess the final thing what I'm going to say is there, is there anybody that you've looked at and think, you know what, you are absolutely killing it. Is there anybody you look at and say, Go and pay attention to what these people are doing. Go and have a look at kind of where they're at and, and on the social. I think everybody is. I don't think you can, I really don't think it's wise to say, go and look at how this person's doing it because you don't know what their situation is. You don't know what their 
you know they don't you don't know if they they own the building that they operate from or you don't know if they've you know if they've got nothing in the bank you've got no idea what they're um what is driving the the response that they they're putting out so i think I go back to what I said before, the best thing to do is just make sure you've interrogated your response that you've decided, you decide on your response. You make sure every single thing that you're saying is true and it's been said with integrity. And that if it ever, if you ever sit and look back at whatever it is you're saying and those decisions you've made, you'll be, you'll be able to say hand on heart, I did the right thing. And I think that's the best way. And just make sure that message flows out. Do your own social. You know, if it is, even if you've never picked up the Twitter before, do it because it, I think in times like this, it, it, people will understand if perhaps it's not exactly right, but it'll be better because it's honest and it's true and the message is correct. Really good advice. Really good advice. Where can the people listen? Where can they kind of see what you're all about? Where can they kind of listen to your thoughts and, uh, and get a better understanding of you? I spend quite a bit of time on Twitter, but I do. Um, i tell you what, here's a nice one. When the NRB comes back, I host the debate um, that precedes Tom's big name debate so so i host the uh the, the debate at the nrb there's always two speakers there's one where it's a panel of four and there's one where tom talks to it's usually a chef um and i host the panel of four this year it was due to be kate nickel um and sebastian fogg nick clark from hot trading and james bates from Murray. and i was so disappointed not to be able to do that um but That's hopefully we, i know it's cool isn't it hopefully with their agreement we will uh we'll be doing that again one day um so yeah buy a ticket to that support tom come and see me frighten myself to death doing that and uh and come for a beer afterwards that's a great plan we'll keep an eye out for that and obviously when uh and i'll be re uh re-announced and kind of put back out there we'll make sure we're kind of shouting about that letting people know where that is as well and uh and hopefully we'll be up there too to come and uh come and see you host your panel i mean for me the minimum is i love Murray as a restaurant oh, you know, so that disco good. cauliflower is the no. best thing in the world See, there's a, there's a, nobody, nobody else seems to get this the best thing they do like um, a hummus with green chilli on chips and it's just the best that thing that is good actually right. it's that so good tasty. disco cauliflower is nice but I mean everybody disco needs to turn around and look at the hummus on chips amazing thank you very much for your time Lucy see you soon thanks very much to Lucy that was an amazing conversation hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and as much as we did Keep your ears out for the next edition in this podcast series. All talented people, all looking to share, all looking to help. Just remember, the way we get through this is together. We need more help, call the whole town. Now let's try and get this thing off the ground. All in together, let's gather round. We're going to try and get this thing off the ground.